Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Volume. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? we got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on any matchup. So right now, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use the code JOHN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just Five bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOHN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, must be 21 or older in eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. <laughs> What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Here's the deal. Just watched the Florida State game, and I said, you know what? I got some takes on that program and the playoff situation, the Alabama-Georgia game, and the Washington-Oregon game. Have some thoughts. And I said, you know what? Let's fire up the podcast. Let's record. Let's uh, put something out there in the ethos for the people to, to listen to. So that's what we did. We reacted little instant reaction, and that's what this is. So let's let's dive into it. My friends at Game Time, go to your smartphone, download the Game Time app, official ticketing app of this podcast. If you are a college football fan, do you want to go watch Michigan? Do you want to go watch Washington, Texas, Bama, Florida State? Who knows? We'll find out who's actually in the playoffs. 
If you want to go to one of these games, download the Game Time app. When you sign up for a pair of tickets or buy a pair of tickets, use the promo code John and save $20. I went Christmas tree shopping tonight. It was insane how expensive everything was. That's why I'm saving you guys money. In these inflationary times, if I can save you money, $20, promo code John, download the Game Time app, promo code John. Let's start with Florida State. I just watched that game, as I'm sure many of you did as well, or at least if you weren't super locked in, it was a bad game. I didn't watch a snap of Michigan. You know why? I knew Michigan was going to win, and it was just an irrelevant game. And I saw a lot of people on social media like, why aren't we? We saw last week against Ohio State. Michigan, this game didn't matter at all. I I was going to put zero effort, any judgment into caring about that game one iota. It didn't matter. Clearly, they covered. They're in the playoff. They're going to be the number one seed. But when you watch Florida State, and Colin and I talked about this last week, back when I was young, I think I was in high school, might have been in junior high, the Cincinnati Bearcats were having an incredible season. Bob Huggins was their coach. Now, the NCAA tournament is different than a four-team college football playoff, but it was similar logic. Kenyon Martin was viewed as the best player in the country. He was going to be the number one overall pick. And he came down around the foul line and shattered his leg and was out. And they were no longer a number one seed. Even though I'm pretty sure at the time when he got injured, they had not lost a game. And I'm sorry, in football, if you lose a starting quarterback, it changes the way we view you. Deshaun Watson wasn't even that good this year. But the moment he goes down and then DTR goes down and they start Joe fucking Flacco... We don't take the Browns as seriously anymore, right? This is the basic, you know, premise of football is how good your quarterback. I don't care how good everything else is around you. And listen, I am not a Florida State hater. Derek Ray, their general manager, I have known since I worked at Fresno State. He was a student assistant. After they beat LSU two days later, we talked on the phone for like 30 minutes. I have followed that program since he has been there now the last couple of years very closely. I was rooting for them. If Jordan Travis's ankle doesn't get shattered, I don't care how weird the last couple games had gotten. If he was playing, they're in. But when he ruins his the you know his ankle and is in on crutches in a wrap on the sideline, and then the backup quarterback that let's face it before Florida knocked him out didn't look any good, and you go to a third string quarterback, I, I you're not the same team. And I think the most overused word in just America in general, but we use it a lot in sports, is deserved. Like, deserved? Like, yeah, your resume when Jordan Travis was there was awesome. I give you a ton of credit for playing LSU. And you beat their ass. And listen, you, you got by Clemson. I watched a lot of that game in overtime. Weird game, But you won the game. You were taking care of business. But the moment your starting quarterback goes down, and the reality is, Jordan Travis is like a fringe draftable player, but he was a really good college player, and your team with him was really good. You're good on defense. Coleman, the wide receiver, is good. Your team's very talented. But I'm sorry, when you're, we're rolling out quarterbacks who wouldn't start at the majority of Power 5 teams, I, I no longer take you seriously. And if you just watch the game tonight, and listen, we can use the metric of, well, what if Vegas was involved? Would Vegas put Florida State in? Would they be one of the four best teams? Of course not. So we can argue this till we're blue in the face. 
I'm not a Florida State hater. I'm a Florida State fan. Not only do I root for the program, I think their coach, Mike Norvell, is really good. But the moment their quarterback shattered his ankle, which was awful to watch because of everything this program had put themselves in position. Remember, they're just a couple years removed for when Dion stole Travis Hunter to Jackson State. Everyone was screaming for Mike Norvell to get fired. Like, it's pretty clear. Mike Norvell knows what the fuck he's doing. Dion, I don't know. I mean, we saw how this year went, right? So, like, I'm not some hater of this program. But based on this team going to the college football playoff, no. I'm sorry. Like, I would put Alabama in over them. Because it's pretty clear that last spot, Michigan is in. Washington is in. To me, Texas has to be in over Alabama. Why? They played. Like, the whole point of this entire thing is like, when I play you, who wins, who loses? Strength of schedule, blah, 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 blah. They played. We saw it. They played them in Alabama, and Texas won handily. And listen, I'm not the biggest Sarkeesian fan, but his team's really good. They are loaded with NFL players at every position, and they deserve to go. But Bama, if you watch today, beats Georgia just healthy, and Florida State with their third-string quarterback, it's not even a debate. Now, But their resume, their resume was based on a starting quarterback who's now in crutches on the sideline. So, yeah, their resume, if that quarterback, 100%, Bama be out. If Jordan Travis was their quarterback and the same score had held tonight and it had looked the exact same, Florida State's in. But the moment he got injured, they're out. So, to me, it's Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. And honestly, that's what I think is going to happen. Here's another reality. This is a business. Like, this is not Little League. So, Ohio State and Michigan and the SEC have carried this sport financially. Right? The reason all these people are making all this money is because of that conference in the South and Ohio State and Michigan doing enormous television ratings over the last decade and being very, very relevant. So, yeah, do I give the SEC the benefit of the doubt? Hell yes, I do. Now, would I put Bama and Georgia in? No. And as I said on the podcast, I think on Thursday, my bold take of the week, the reason I took Bama, and I didn't have great faith in it, but I just kind of played the law of averages. The longest winning streak of my lifetime in college football is 34 games, and that's USC. Georgia made it to 29 tonight. It's hard to win that many straight games. It's also hard, like you're not winning three straight national championships. Their team this year, and I'm no like recruiting expert, but their team clearly wasn't as good. The quarterback clearly wasn't as good as Stetson Bennett had been the last couple years. So Alabama, who Nick Saban is now 11-1 in SEC championship games. He's now 5-1 against Kirby Smart. Now, the one loss did happen in the national championship. But I thought Nick Saban tonight, this season, I got cocktails earlier this year with a buddy of mine in the NFL. He was he hit Arizona and then hit Arizona State. And I, I met him at night for some drinks. And we spent three or four hours just talking football. And he knows the SEC really well. And he knows Alabama really well. And he said, honestly, John, I think Alabama's in major trouble this year. They're nowhere near as talented as they've been. And the quarterback is very, very shaky. And he's not wrong. The talent on this team relative to the Saban dynasty is not the same. It, it, he's, he has a down year. 
And the quarterback, now he's played a lot better of late, but is easily the worst quarterback, especially from an NFL prospect standpoint, that he's had over the last five or six years, right? Jalen Hurts, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Mac Jones, Bryce Young. Those guys are better NFL prospects than Milrow, Milrow. But I will give Milrow this. He has clearly improved dramatically. And his dual threat to not only run, but to make plays scrambling around is really impressive. And I thought down the stretch of that game, he was fucking awesome. Him in 17 kind of stole the soul of Georgia. But Nick Saban had that team ready to go, a lot like Washington against Oregon. When you have a a coach, now Saban's, you could argue, the greatest college football coach of all time. Many would. I mean, his resume speaks for itself. Clearly, you know, one of the great coaches we've ever seen. Kalen DuBoer is easily a top 6-7 coach in college football right now. When you have a great coach and you have a ton of NFL players, and listen, Alabama, relative to some of their teams, is not as talented. They still have a ton of NFL players. And I, I was watching some of T-Bob and uh, Aaron Murray on snaps. This technically is the most talented college football team of all time based on recruiting rankings for Alabama. Now, I'd push back like Amari Cooper. They've had a lot of elite players on the Alabama roster who won't quote-unquote all-time great recruits. But clearly Alabama's got talent. When you make them a huge underdog, especially against a rival, like you got to be careful when you have a great coach. And you watch Saban today put on a click. Listen, Kirby's awesome. Kirby is the younger version of Nick Saban. Kirby learned everything he knows from Nick Saban. They're going to be fine. They ran out of juice. You can't lose that many players over a course of 24 months to the National Football League. I don't care how great you recruit, and Georgia does. I don't care how much money you're paying these players. Georgia pays a lot. And not take a step back. And you watch their quarterback. I don't want to say he shit the bed, but he looked a little shaky. Now you can say, well, their best wide receiver, who's a third or fourth rounder, was limping around. Brock Bowers coming back off injury, not the same. Alabama showed up to kick ass and take names. And really, beside the first drive they had, which did look shaky, and I had some money on Alabama, they were fucking awesome. And Nick Saban, 11-1 in the SEC Championship. 11-1 in the SEC Championship game? That is insane. I saw since the Atlanta Falcons moved into the Mercedes-Benz Dome, it might have been 17 or 18, he has not lost. He's 7-0. Maybe that was 15. I forget the exact year. He's never lost. You know, they played in a different, you know, stadium before they, they got the new one. He's never lost in this new stadium. 7-0. So you put Nick Saban, turn on the bright lights, put him against Kirby. Whether he's an underdog, whether he's a favorite, it doesn't matter. He's going to win. I mean, six, five out of six times. And honestly, you put him in that game, he's going to win 11 out of 12. So incredible performance by Saban. Tommy Reese, what a great move. Remember, when Marcus Freeman took over Notre Dame, he kept Tommy Reese. And Tommy Reese had a chance to go to LSU with Brian Kelly a year ago, and he stayed. And then this offseason, he jumped ship to Nick Saban. A lot of people are like, ah, why are you doing that? And early on, even I thought, like, God, Jalen Milrow, are you sure you want to do this? And I'd say it aged pretty well. Now they're 12-1. and And listen, I don't know how the committee – keeps them out over Florida State. It'd just be the wrong decision. And then, last but not least, on Friday night, 
Uh, I've been following Kalen DeBoer's career now for six, seven years. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator at Fresno State. He then became the head coach at Fresno State. Obviously, I, I work there, so I just follow the program closely. And then these last couple years at Washington. If you Google Kalen DeBoer, you'll find that his overall record. Now, he started at, you know, like a Division II school, uh, Sikawa Falls in South Dakota. And his career record there was 67-3. and And his career record overall there at Fresno State and now at Washington is 102 and 11. That's his career record as a head coach. He's like 50 years old. 102 and 11. His offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, who actually turned down Nick Saban before they hired Tommy Reese. Nick Saban tried to hire him. Washington now pays him $2 million, which is the most money. Pac-12 is officially dead now, football-wise. It's the most money coordinators ever made in the conference. Paid him $2 million this year. That guy has been with Kalen since he's been coaching the small school in South Dakota. So they have been together for a long time. And I think like a year or two ago, I got a DM from a guy that played for him at Sycawa Falls and said that it's going to sound crazy, but I'm telling you, when we were you know in college playing and they were winning NIAI championships, he's like, I used to look at my teammates and we used to talk about it like, this guy's too good for us. It's crazy that he's our head coach. This is this doesn't add up. Like this is it'd be like Nick Saban coaching Division Two. Like what are we doing? How's this possible? He's like, I'm telling you, the guy is a rocket ship, and he's gone to Washington, and now three straight times he's played Oregon. Played him last year in the regular season. He played him this year in the regular season, and he played him again in the Pac-12 championship. He's three and zero. And college football comes down to two things at the highest level: you got to have the players. And Washington and Oregon have them. Washington has an NFL quarterback, multiple NFL offensive linemen, one guy that's going to get drafted in the top 20. They have multiple wide receivers. One guy's going to be a top 20 pick, another guy's going to be a top 50 pick. So they got they got a defensive end that's a top, you know, 30 pick. They have NFL players. This is not some like little engine that could. They're, I wouldn't say they're Alabama or Georgia, but they are a legit top, you know, seven, eight roster in college football with NFL talent. And then it comes down to coaching, like Saban versus Kirby, right? And when you put Dubor and Grubb as offensive coordinator up against Lanning and Tosh Lupoy, and listen, I've been following Tosh Lupoy's career since he was the recruiting coordinator for Jeff Tedford at Cal 15 years ago. Tosh has worked for Saban. Tosh has been around. Tosh is legit. He's a legit recruiter. Now, as a schematic guy, him and Lanning, I'm sorry, are at a disadvantage against Dubor and Grubb. I will take Dubor and Grubb against those two guys every day of the week. I'm not trying to diminish Oregon. Oregon is going nowhere. Those two guys can recruit their ass off. Those two guys can coach. But at the highest level, when the margins are the slimmest, I'll take those two guys in Washington. And when you look at combinations around the country, that's as good as you get. When you talk about head coach, who's an offensive guy, and offensive coordinator. That's a dynamic tandem. And then you factor in Michael Penix, who is probably going to win the Heisman, who is a polarizing draft prospect because he's had a million injuries. He's not a mobile guy. And listen, we got time to get into him. But in terms of a college player, he's fucking unreal. He dominates. I, I don't remember a college quarterback throwing a better deep ball 
than Michael Penix Jr. And those two guys showed up. I think the best thing you can have as an offensive coach, like the best way I can describe, like if you're a great offensive coach, is to have the combination of intellectual capacity as a schematic guy, you're drawing guys open, dialing up plays, but being a tough guy. And I think Dubor has that. Like I think most Andy Reid has that. Kyle Shanahan has that. Jim Harbaugh has that. Like Sean McVay has that. Like my ethos is I'm intellectual. We're gonna figure out ways to scheme you, but I'm a tough guy at heart. That's what Lincoln Riley kind of lacks. He's not really it's Chip Kelly. They're not really tough guys. And I'm not I'm not acting like I'm Connor McGregor here. I'm just saying the way I've been around Pat Hill, tough guy. Andy Reid, t- I just know what it looks. I, I, I was around the 49ers when Jim Harbaugh was the coach. Like, I just know what the vibe is, the ethos of a team. Watch the way they practice. Watch the way they play. And Washington has that in spades. Oregon does too. I'm not trying to act like Oregon sucks. But Washington had a level like, listen, here, here's the reality with Kalen DeBoer. Washington is going to have the money, even though when they move to the Big Ten, they don't technically get the full share. They have to kind of earn it. Right over time, because they were like a late addition. There's a lot of different, you know, BS around it. But the reality is, Michigan, if Harbaugh were to leave, and Ryan Day, if he were to get fired by Ohio State in the next, you know, after next year or whatever, they would be all over that guy. And we see how much they're willing to pay. So if you're Washington, like, I'm sorry, you give this guy like a $90 million contract. And eventually you're going to lose Ryan Grubb because he's, you know, if a guy wants to be head coach and he's going to get a power five job. But right now you got something pretty special. And that is a dynamic tandem. And now there's been three quarterbacks who have represented the Pac-12 in the playoffs. It Mariota was the first. Jake Browning, which I'd say aged pretty well because he's still in the NFL. And Michael Penix Jr., so, listen, I, I got nostalgic watching, you know, the end of the Pac-12. Even though, like, these teams aren't going anywhere. Still going to be able to watch them. They're still playing each other. Like, Oregon and Washington will still be a rivalry. USC and UCLA will still be a rivalry. I've just grown up on this conference. It sucks. But it's, it's the reality of it. I, I, I'm glad that on the year where it all ends, they get a legit representation. They get an elite coach leading them in. Like, Washington now, they have two of the three, you know, teams that represent the Pac-12 over the course of this 14 playoff have been Washington teams. One was Chris Peterson, who's easily one of the best coaches of the last 20 years in college football. And now Kalen DuBoer, who I think is easily becoming a top five coach and just operating a top five program. And it's fun watching Washington. That was that was really impressive. Like ultimately Saban beating Kirby isn't that weird. It's been happening for a while. We shouldn't be that shocked. It's not that crazy. Like they, they didn't run up Matt Stafford. I'm sorry this Carson Beck hype train needs to slow down. And they just ran out of gas. Like, it it happens. You've won 29 straight games. You're bound to lose. That Washington game, I was guilty of this. Loved Oregon. Loved Oregon in that spot. Who didn't? And Washington kind of kicked their ass. Oregon kind of made it a game, definitely, in, in the second half. But Washington was in control from that from the beginning. And if it wasn't some freak touchdown late, they win kind of easy. Uh, incredible kind of, uh, Lasting drive by Penix, the wide receivers, uh, the running back runs his ass off number seven, and just an awesome performance. And uh, college football season has been really fun. I just hope the committee gets it right. Like I said, I would go Michigan, I would go Washington, I would go Texas, and I would go Alabama. And that's that's no shade at Florida State. Just when you 
lose your starting quarterback, I'm sorry, you're no longer the same team. So, um, in, incredible 24 hours of college football, and let's let the chaos begin. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 